0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. My name is Mariah Cage. I'm your host, and this is Don't Quote Me On That. My, oh my, are y'all in for a treat this week. This is an episode I wanted to make ever since I started the podcast. At one point, this was even going to be called the Gen Zennial Podcast. Wrap your head around that. Because I'm just that passionate about it. So, thanks for joining me. There's so much to unpack, and I thought for the record this week, we'd lay a little bit of a foundation. We'd add some context for what we're going to essentially deconstruct in this episode. Generational tendencies and studies is one of my favorite things to learn about and look at just on my own time. I love looking at fashion associated with each generation and how the historical context of a generation's upbringing manifests in their adulthood, in the workforce, and as parents, et cetera, et cetera. I know they're always talking about like, ooh, we're really eager to see how the millennials are going to parent. And some, some millennials are already in that phase, and some are, you know, that's kind of the next phase of their life if they wanted to be. It really just ties into what a lot of this podcast is about, which is the things in pop culture and society and how they affect us. And of course, the podcast takes a little bit of a closer lens because it's typically my perspective and as a member of Generation Z, but I might have you rethinking my classification by the end of this. (laughs) Getting into the segment, I thought since I'm going to go a bit against the grain with a lot in this episode, I don't want to confuse or be misinforming anyone. So I will go through the brief timeline of existing generations right now starting with The Silent Generation, born 1928 to 1945, so right through the end of World War II, which, if you listen to my last episode, you know also fascinates me, World War II. As of 2021, this generation is aged 76 to 93, with some notable figures being Jane Fonda, Martin Luther King Jr., Elvis Presley, all of the Beatles, Audrey Hepburn, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden. Next up, we have the Baby Boomers, shortened to Boomers, born 1946 through 1964. This generation is aged 57 to 75 this year, with some notable figures being Meryl Streep, Barack and Michelle Obama, Michael Jackson, George Clooney, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos and Madonna. Y'all, there were so many good ones for this. These are the people I grew up loving in the movies. They had established careers when I was growing up, big Big names in this generation. Gotta give it up to the boomers. Absolutely iconic. Love them. My heart goes out to them. Next, we have Generation X, also known as Gen X. They actually got a little bit gypped here. They don't have a special, like, cute little alias name. Um, They are born between 1965 and 1980. They're currently aged 41 to 56. Some notable figures include, again, a bunch of your favorite celebrities, Will Smith, tupac elon musk kim kardashian george floyd reese witherspoon michael dell and sandra oh next up we have everybody's favorites and the ones we love to hate generation y also known as the millennials born between 1981 and 1997 and aged 25 to 40 years old this year Notable figures, again, a bunch. I'm starting with one that's a little bit off the cuff, Kim Jong-un. Do we think he likes avocado toast? I don't know, but I'm not going to ask. LeBron James, Taylor Swift, Carrie Underwood, Cardi B, Ed Sheeran, Casey Neistat, and Hasan Minhaj. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here. The generation of the hour, which is debatable. Generation Z, born allegedly, allegedly 1997 through 2012. Aged 6 through 24 currently. Wrong. I'm already yelling at that. 6 to 24. Are you joking? I don't know if it just seems weird because we're all very, like, this is the youngest identified generation right now. I know that there's one below that's already existing, but they haven't necessarily named it. They, well, I've heard Generation Alpha, but we're talking about Gen Z right now. 6 to 24. That just seems very long. Very long. Very long. Okay. Okay. Notable figures include Billie Eilish, Millie Bobby Brown, Kylie Jenner. She's definitely a Zennial. Definitely a Xennial for sure. Simone Biles, Tom Holland, Gotta Love Spider-Man, Greta Thunberg. Wow. Shout out to the girl power on that list. Oops. So there you have it, my little For the Record segment. So you guys have a basis for the episode and some context before I essentially pull the sheet right out from under you. I'm going to rock your world. Let's take a little break. (laughs) All right, guys, we're back and I'm hopping into the agenda. So I'm going to do a little bit of like the five W's here when I'm talking about this hidden generation. You're probably like, what are you talking about? Hidden generation, you just went through them. What's next? What else? There's nothing wrong. So. The hidden generation that I'm talking about is called the Xennials. Definition of a Xenial, who are they? Well, I wanted to start off by saying there are several different known aliases of Zenials. I've heard Xennial and Zillennial. I've heard Genzenial. I've heard Arch Nemesis I've heard Pandoronemial. I've heard it all, okay? It makes the most sense to me if you break it down from the larger word, which I already said, Gen Zennial, which is really taking a hybrid of the two generations that Zennials are in between and currently hidden and overshadowed by. We're just nestled right right in between, and we're the best of both, honestly. Millennials and Generation Z. In which case, Zennial fits better, but I have also seen Zillennial often. Just know, if you ever see both, don't quote me on it, but I'm going to say they're unofficially synonymous with one another they're referring to the same group of people. Now, the Pew Research Center states that Generation Z includes individuals born between 1997 and 2012. They also, however, note that the boundaries of a generation are, quote, not arbitrary. There is no agreed upon formula for how long that span should be, which is why Z are said to be born between the years of 1997 and And 2001. That's our when. That's our when were they born, between the years of 1997 and 2001. That's not a lot of time, obviously. It's only five years. What do they know? Well, this is a unique time period that I'm gonna keep going back to. It was just an incredibly pivotal time period, right at the start of the tech boom. And I like to really just hone in right here. What do they know? Is that we know and have experienced. What things were like before, like traditionally with before the tech boom, but we also grew up as the tech boom was happening. And so, as the tech boom changed everybody else's life, like we were coming into our life, if that makes sense. Where are they now? I'll also touch on this a little bit later, but just like me, I mean, I identify completely wholeheartedly as a Zennial. We're graduating college, we're either at the tail end have already graduated and like entering the workforce so we're at this very pivotal time in our lives where we're coming into ourselves we're really realizing who we are what we like you know how our upbringing has really affected us and we're also experiencing these first sort of legitimate experiences of nostalgia And I'll talk about this a little bit later in the podcast, but just to get a feel of where we are now and maybe why this is surfacing a little bit it's because we are really growing into our voices as young adults. And, you know, we're voting in elections. All of us were able to vote during this uh, past election and also the 2016 election. The Cuspers were able to vote in that one. The Zennials were able to vote during that one, but not all of Gen Z. That's another really um, important point that I want to make there. In 2016, like, I was able to vote. I had just turned 18, so holla at you, girl. And so were my fellow Cuspers because I'm kind of on, well, if you were born in 1997 to 1998, you were able to vote. So, like, those are the leaders of Gen Z, technically. Um, The oldest Gen Zs is what I mean by the leaders, And they were able to vote during that election. So slight tangent, but let's take a little bit of a deeper look into how Xennials are different and how are they hidden? Okay, so as I ever so slightly just touched on, because all of this is just so intertwined, it's so interesting, and I'm so passionate about it. My blood's boiling. There are always people who are on the cusp of a generation, right? Some of our parents might be on the cusp of two different generations. There are always people who are going to be on the cusp somewhere in the middle. However... Zillennials, Zennials, I'm going to call them Zennials from now on, were born and experienced adolescence throughout the boom of technology. One of the identifying factors from the Pew Research Center that separates millennials and Generation Z, according to them, is that millennials were at an age where they had to adapt to new technology like computers in schools or touchscreen iPods etc cetera, etc cetera. whereas by their identification Generation Z were just born and it was just assumed it was just around them already that's that, that was their first experience with those uh, technological innovations but Zennials are in this unique position in that we remember all of those older innovations and many of our slightly younger and much younger age groups those Kids who are six right now, who are apparently Generation Z, have absolutely zero recollection of things. For example, VCRs and going to Blockbuster, the iPod Shuffle, like the iPod Nano, flip phones, or just the absence of smartphones altogether, not having internet access on your phone. People that are only three or four years younger than me, like literally in college right now, I'm in grad school, so like freshman in college right now find it harder to recall experiences with those things. And that's just from my personal experience. I'm going to dive into a little bit more about what really characterizes a zenial, but that's just to kind of get your mind going into where I'm coming from here. Um, Later on the podcast, like I said, I'll go over a little more, a few more things, the types of things, you know, I feel, and I know other people have identified as some of the key factors for thinking the oldest Gen Zers are built a little different than the rest of them. Essentially, we were at this incredibly impressionable place with our like cognitive development. Like a lot of the things that we were doing for the first time, we were doing the traditional way, but it was at the very start of the tech boom. So maybe like only one or two years later, we had this new technological innovation and we were like, oh, okay, like we vibe, like we're able to grow with this as well. Just to bring another big development in, the internet was introduced in the 1970s, right? And... The World Wide Web was introduced somewhere around 1983. I don't have the specific stats about household internet usage or anything like that. I'm speaking from my personal experience where, like, I was on DisneyChannel.com, and I remember the classic dial-up sound, which was so annoying. You almost, like, hated your life and questioned everything while you were getting on, but, like, you wanted to play games and, like, connect to this new, interesting, like, Digital world of possibilities. So, like, I would be on my Disney Channel games. But then my mom would literally tell me to get off because she'd have to answer the home phone. It's things like that where only a few years later, we didn't, all of a sudden, we didn't have to do that anymore. I was like, oh, no more dial up. All right, chill, 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 cool, 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 ta 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 ta, you know? And maybe that's just a part of being a cusper, but I'm just saying that the cusp here is way different because the way that tech has changed all of our lives. I think it calls for just that hidden generation to be a legitimate thing. It's not completely accurate. In my opinion, it's not completely accurate to be lumped in with either millennials or Gen Z. And so too often we get lumped in. Some of my professors have thought that we were Gen Z before. I've been called, like up until Gen Z was named, I also thought I was a millennial, but there's key things about them that I also don't relate to. I was influenced by them, but I kind of have, I do my own thing. I don't know. It's literally a hybrid. It's it's kind of hard to explain, but let's you might be listening to me and a few things could be happening. One, you're like a millennial or a parent or you're in your like mid late 20s and Either rolling your eyes because you're firm that I should just shut up and accept my Gen Z identity and accept that I'm just a cusper and that's it. The other option is that you're a Gen Z and you're already confused about me mentioning things that you've never seen or used or done before, which is how we know you're exactly where you belong. So just go ahead and stand by. <laughs> or you might be a Zenial. Maybe you're feeling a little buzzy inside. Maybe your blood's getting a little warm. Maybe you're feeling a little feisty. Maybe you're feeling a little bit seen. I hope so, because I feel like not enough people know about this and not enough people are talking about it, although many people are. Millennials, as I have said, were born between 1997 and 2001, give or take, y'all, okay? It could be like the end of 1996. The end of millennials generation is also murky. I see anywhere from 1994 to 1995 to 1996 all the time and all the research that I did for this. I think the general consensus is that it's 1996, but I still see 94, and 95. So other years will try to lump in with us and be as cool as us between 1997 and 2001. But I just feel like you can be through 2001 mainly because of 9-11. And then if you were born in 2002, uh, I just, I can't, I can't vibe, you know? Um, so like I said, other years will try to lump in with us and, and be as cool as us. But the unique truth is that it is a very niche club to be in. I'm going to tell you how you can know if you're a Zeniel for sure in this podcast. But first, let's just chat a little bit more about the relevancy of this right now. I, I talked about it just a little bit, like two two minutes ago. And I want to preface that I actually had this random thought of the word GenZeniel, like this hybrid, on my own, probably around 2018. It was sometime in college. I wasn't a freshman. That's why I'm saying 2018. And I just thought it was my own fun, original idea at the time. But I knew that I couldn't be the only one who had thought of this before. I mean, like, I wasn't giving myself all the credit. Like, ooh, I just identified a whole ass generation by myself. No, no, no. I think it was just, like, something that I had been feeling and kind of kind of started to put a word to. And I literally just put both of them together. <laughs> but like I said, I knew I couldn't be the only one talking about this. That... The peers who were coming into college behind me were a little bit different than me and my upbringing, mainly because of the pop culture and societal developments and things like that. So I just kind of let that thought be and held on to it, you know, put it in the back of my mind for a while until I got onto TikTok in 2020 and I started to get a little bit jazzed up because... As early as last fall, I saw a TikTok sound that just put all of my little tangible reasons why zennials exist and why we're different into a TikTok sound. And it's magnificent. Here it is. I want to share it with you guys. It's also linked in the notes if you want to watch it yourself.
1: I've seen a lot of people talking about what is the scariest generation. Is it boomers, Gen X, Gen Z, or millennials? But there's another generation that you guys should all be watching out for. This is the group of Zenials, the people born between Gen Z and the Millennials between about 1995 through maybe 2002 at the latest. People say they are afraid of Gen Z because y'all will fight a cop, but aren't willing to ask for extra ketchup with your meal. But the Zenials, the Cuspers, we are just as willing to die but we're not actively seeking it out by eating Tide Pods. We're willing to take the same chaotic risks as the Zoomers, but we do it with planning because the goal is not to die. The goal is to risk death, but be successful. If Gen Z is chaotic evil, we're chaotic neutral. We're the people that grew up with brick phones through smartphone, and remember when Apple was just iPods, but we're all still young enough to share a lot of traits with the Gen Z generation as well. My fellow Xennials, can you back me up on this one?
0: Isn't that great? isn't that literally iconic? So I come across this TikTok on my For You page and I like legitimately screamed. Like my face is warm right now as I'm recording this. Talk about wanting to go and shout something in the middle of a street from the top of a mountain to share with my family, my older brother who embodies a millennial, my friends, okay, everyone. I was gassed up by this TikTok. And since then, there's been more and more of this like recent surge where I keep seeing unique takes that reinforce the idea that I am not the only one who thinks this. And that is thus this podcast episode is born. I've seen several very popular and well-received TikToks from people born in like 1997, 1998. You know, the cuspers, the cuspers as we've identified, even 1999 who are technically i say yet again the oldest gen z's who are the cuspers and i really feel like it's us who are uniting as we come into this unique phase of our lives i would love to be more exclusive and say that it's just the tail end of the 90s but i'm gonna include 2000 2001 because i mean they don't remember 9-11 as much as i don't so fair fair which by the way i hope i'm not offending one by making that like the benchmark here and it's not the entire benchmark but it is like the historical event that. We keep coming back to in terms of like, okay, what's the difference of a millennial and a Gen Zer? And it's like, oh, well, millennials are largely thought to widely remember September 11th, but gen zers aren't and so if you're looking to narrow that down into the Zenial generation that's also going to be my benchmark and that's just it's been helpful to refer to that as the benchmark but i do hope and i do not mean to offend anyone by making it seem like i'm just using that event as a grain of salt definitely not but back to what i was saying at this point those cuspers are all graduating if not already graduated from college we're in our early 20s and really coming into our own our own voice like I mentioned earlier while also experiencing nostalgia from childhood for like the first legitimate time and this is where I wanted to go a little bit more into it so like actually as full on young adults it's not the same as being 18 and graduating from high school and missing childhood like Yes, that's a form of nostalgia, and it's completely valid, and I'm a very nostalgic person, so I totally will validate, like, anyone wanting to go back to their childhood or just, like, remembering the good fun times that they had at a younger point, but there's so much unique growth when you are literally at the stage of being a legitimate young adult and, like, completely, like, on your own, even though I'm not technically, but I will be in that space very, very soon, like this spring, we're talking this year, we're talking next year. There's so much growth that happens throughout college. And that's happening to all of us right now, these cuspers right now, if not already happened, it's very present. And I think we're at a point of realizing, like, wait a second, I feel different than the rest of my technical generation that's behind me because I'm the oldest, because I remember and have experience with much of what the millennials adapted from, but I also became familiar with the kinds of technology and societal and pop culture developments they adapted to because they were slightly older than me. I always say too, it helps if you had an older sibling who actually fit into the millennial category like myself, because like so many younger siblings, I was so heavily influenced by my older brother growing up, especially like the TV programs he watched, the games we played with how he played outside primarily and like another for the record neither of us grew up with tablets like that's a big thing that's associated with gen z and gen alpha is that oh like all these kids had tablets like no ma'am for christmas i was getting easy bake ovens and ds games and tamagotchis i was playing totally spies on the ds and before that i was playing totally spies on the game boy advance and he was getting pokemon cards and ds games as well we were playing We were playing Pokemon on the DS. I know some of those things I just mentioned still exist. Like I'm well aware. But we have to acknowledge that they're not at the same height of popularity. Like the way that kids play now is so different than what I just described. And like that was my experience as a child. Like we didn't get to that point of where the way that kids play now until maybe like 10 years ago. And 10 years ago... I was already like out of being a little kid, like I was a preteen. And so it's it's very, very interesting, this unique time period. That five years really is something. Guys, here's another one for you. Video Nows, please tell me you guys remember them. They were like mini personal DVD players and they came in different colors. Mine was pink and you popped it open like a CD player, which I also used to have. I used to play Cheetah Girls. I played Hilary Duff's Metamorphosis album on my... On my CD player, and I literally had the ugly little foam, like rinky dink plasticky headphones. My CD player was like a dark purple color, crazy. Anyways, back to the video now. They came in different colors, and you popped it open, and they had just like a slew of like Nickelodeon, like little discs that you could buy. They had Rugrats, Zoe 101 episodes, they had All Grown Up. I had an All Grown Up one, and literally I would like hide under the covers, like past my bedtime and watch like the same episodes like the same three little discs that I had over and over like every night and then my mom would come I would just like shove it under my <laughs> my pillow and act like I was asleep at a folder <laughs> i just wow this is this is a tiktok that i actually made that i wanted to share with you guys i'll also link it in the show notes as well but go check it out because i made it to kind of promo this episode <laughs> and this also just includes my life excuse me while i just continue to laugh at myself and enjoy the TikTok. it's called the hidden generation it really is so small it's the people born from 1997 to 2001 the leftovers of the 90s if you will probably sounds kind of weird but when you think about it it makes more sense i like to call us the zennials gen zennial Kalamazoo. We don't recall Y2K, but we remember dial-up, AOL, and VCRs. We don't know what relaxed airport security in the U.S. looks like, but we played with the Nintendo 64 and remember the Microsoft Paint program. Our childhoods are the height of Disney Pixar and Disney Channel original movies. I also think it's worthy to note that I know that there are people on the cusp of every generation, but I also think this is special because it was right at the point in which technology was changing literally everything about society and culture. I talk more about it in my podcast, but don't quote me on why. It's called The Hidden Generation. I hope you enjoy it. I just, there's so, I had to include as much as I could here in this episode, um, because I've been talking a lot about my perspective, but I want to just include as much information and as much of the inspiration that I've gotten to finally make this episode because it's, it is really hard to explain. And honestly, like bottom line, if you're a Xennial, like if you know, you know, like it's very hard to explain, but it do be what it be. So I've talked about my perspective on who the Xennials are, when they are born, how they're different than other quote unquote on the cuspers. And right now is the time. How to know if you're a Xennial, well. Okay, so we're gonna do put a finger down, but for the weird generation that's not really millennials and not really Gen Z. So first, put a
1: finger down if you've ever burned a CD, put a finger down if you've ever used YouTube to MP3 converter, put a finger down if you grew up with Fred, Jenna Marbles, and Key of Awesome. Put a finger down if you ever had a home phone growing up. Put a finger down if you had to choose between dial-up internet and calling your friends on the phone. Put a finger down if you ever bought and wore silly bands unironically. Put a finger down if you had small snippets of songs on your phone that you would send to your friends via
0: Bluetooth. And put a finger down if you feel like you had a good childhood where you played outside all the time, but then technology advanced perfectly as you grew up. I think if you heard those TikToks a few minutes ago and you resonated with it, and you're born in the parameters I've outlined, very important component. Um, if you were born between the years of 1997 to 2001, telltale tell sign, hands down, you're a Zenial. Welcome to the club, baby. Welcome to the club. Let's start a Facebook group. Let's do something follow us at Don't Quote Me Pod. We can talk about it. I'd say if you heard them, if you heard the TikToks that I've played and you rolled your eyes, you're either a millennial or a full-on Gen Z. But here are some other personal ways that might trigger a memory you didn't realize you had of what really characterizes a Xennial. I divided them up largely in rele- like regards to pop culture so I'll start with music and a lot of what I did for music was like just simply actual MTV. MTV used to be like mine and my brother's life like in the summer. I was just telling him the other day how like I wish that MTV would come back because I would totally just like bop to all of the music videos on loop all day and we used to do that and just aside from like actual like the music video television all of the like MTV programming period like MTV Cribs I feel like gen like the rest of Gen Z doesn't know about I mentioned it and we tried to do like an MTV Cribs inspired series for work last summer and I was asking some of our undergraduate students like oh does anyone remember MTV Cribs crickets freaking crickets bro I was like are you joking like oh my gosh I mean, we used to see like P Diddy We used to see like Ray J, we used to see all of these people and their MTV Cribs, which now I think I saw the other day that it it was like all a scam or like it wasn't actually their house or something like that. Um, But I don't know. I didn't do that much research in regards to that. But it doesn't take away from how iconic MTV Cribs is and used to be. And then like the other MTV programming like shows like Next and Parental Control, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. So that brings me to TV and film. Uh, I mean, like, back to my VCR, like, that's something that I will just hang on to the end of the world that, like, not all of Gen Z knows, and therefore I'm different and I'm built different because rewinding my Bratz VHS video before I could watch it again really built character for me. And, you know, having to rewind and coming home and my routine from preschool and watching the original Beauty and the Beast every day after school was something that was very important and resonant for me and Belle is still my favorite princess bringing me also to another point that I had later on is the classic princesses like I grew up with the classic princesses there was no Elsa there was no Anna there was no Tiana even Rapunzel when I was still into princesses there was not her it was like Snow White, Jasmine, like Pocahontas, um, Belle, Aurora which like I don't mess with Aurora, I never have. Oh, um, uh, Ariel and Cinderella, of course. I hope I didn't forget any. But yeah, like those were the ones that were on the backpacks. There was no there was no Frozen. There was none of that. None of that. But I feel like a lot of Gen Z did have that like growing up and like there's when they were still into princesses they still they had those princesses i feel like here's some um arthur we used to watch a lot like after school programming we used to watch arthur i used to watch madeline all the time it was like about the french girl in the orphanage in paris i watched that a lot (laughs) last year when i was feeling nostalgic um, right before i graduated during the at the start of the pandemic this is too tmi i'm just like my blood's still boiling. The little Einsteins, I feel, of the backyard again. Come on, y'all. Another big TV film aspect was obviously the golden age of Disney Channel. Like, they made that for the Xennials and nobody else. And while the golden age does, I feel span out of the Xennial adolescence time frame and into the full-on Gen Z, into the rest of the Gen Z time frame. I'm really talking about, like... The Disney Channel games, the classic decoms, like, the Cheetah Girl series, High School Musical series, Jump In, Stuck in the Suburbs, um, all those, what, what is it, Sky High, like, all of those were Gotta Kick It Up, The Luck of the Irish, those were even a little bit older, like, I was, I was really young, double teamed when those came out, but, like, that's for the Xennials, and, like, the rest of Gen Z knows nothing about that, they don't know anything about the classic decoms and it's a shame. Uh, and it's something that I will live on. I will live on that string. I will die on that hill and bam, bam, turkey ham. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> Moving on to games, I focus a lot on the Nintendo DS here because that was my absolute shit when I was younger. I used to play Yoshi's Island DS all the time. Like there was no PSP. We had no PSP, like four, five, six, seven, nine. We didn't have that. Uh, I played Nintendogs and I had a Labrador named Yumsy. Um, I also did my Picto chat at sleepovers with my friends, and we would, like, essentially text each other from across the room, only six feet away, and be like, tee-hee-hee-hee-hee, this is so fun. Game Boy, I was very in on that. Talk about Classic, Nintendo 64, Club Penguin, only the old OGs were on Club Penguin. I mean, I know at some point during later college, like maybe like 2019, even 2020. Was it even last year? Everything's a blur. But like at some point recently, Club Penguin made this random resurgence and people thought it was like cool and fun and quirky. It was a quirky thing that Gen Z made it quirky. But like, no, I was serious and my puffles were serious when I was younger and Club Penguin Build-A-Bear, like, the experience of going to Build-A-Bear, and then also, like, Build-A-Bearville online. I was the biggest sucker for the online virtual world. Like, there was a Bratz virtual world. There was a Barbie girl virtual world that I was, like, head over heels for. <laughs> um, it was crazy stuff. And I just don't think that the rest of Gen Z, like, I don't think that resonates for them. I don't think they get it. I think it goes right over their head. So, yike. And then on to some of the lifestyle ones, which might resonate for some of the people who are older who still don't believe me here. MapQuest, baby. MapQuest, baby. I remember holding the map, the printed directions for my mother, for my father in the car and telling them, oh, turn, you know, X, Y, and Z. I could read by then. I was old enough. Like I was, I was helping them navigate. With these map quest directions, and then all of a sudden, at some point, it just was like, "Oh, GPS, cool, 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 cool." Ta 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 ta. Another thing I put on here was pretty. It's a joke, y'all. It's going to SeaWorld World unironically as a family. I feel like, hopefully, people aren't still doing that too much, but I feel like that is something that really characterized like the early two thousands before Sea World started to get really like, uh, messy <laughs> with their stories and just more information started coming out about you know if you want to look up SeaWorld you can do that on your own but this is supposed to be a joke going to SeaWorld unironically ironically as a family we did that I mean I'm not gonna like shy away from it and I had a fun time but like I don't know if SeaWorld's gonna be somewhere that I take my kids Um, another thing that I mentioned a little bit briefly before playing outside before we had personal devices like that was a real thing for us I feel like people look at me. I just don't want people to look at me and be like, wow, you didn't play outside. Like you had your tablet all day, all all your childhood. And it's like, no, like we played board games with my cousins and played freaking checkers and like cards, Go Fish, Uno, all these things, which like kids still play, but it's just different now. Like that's not always the first thing. Like you almost have to be directed to play that rather than play on your device. And like when I was growing up and during this technological boom, the first choice was the former. And then throughout time we had all these devices and we made that shift as I grew up. Another thing uh, as a part of lifestyle is like simply prepaid, simple dial phones. Like my first phone, I think I got in like fourth grade and it was like a prepaid Firefly and it was like pink and it like literally could fit in the palm of my hand. Then I upgraded and I got the iconic Motorola Razor, which I had to have when I was in like maybe sixth grade. And then like seventh and eighth, I got like different like Q double like QWERTY keyboards, like Q W E R T Y keyboards. And you would like you think you're I never got the sidekick. That's another thing. T Mobile sidekick, my brother had that. I was so freaking jealous. But I never got to have like the little swivel screen. I hope you guys understand. Like if you are resonating with this, you're a Zennial, so welcome to the club, like I said. Um But yeah, I had the Motorola Razr and a series of other phones, like, before I finally got an iPhone when I was a freshman in high school. And I feel like a lot of Gen Z now, like, especially if they're in high school now, like, their first first phone was an iPhone. Like, absolutely. So it's just different things that build character. We're built different. I don't know what else to tell you. Last thing on the lifestyle checklist is phone books. Like, I totally would look up the phone book. I, like... Vividly remember getting the phone book out and making sure that I was calling the right number, and, like looking at my friend's last name, my best friend, um, looking at my best friend's last name, like making sure that this was the correct number, and then like calling it so that I could chat with her on the phone. Like I like we did stuff like that. So I think one of the biggest points here is that we did not necessarily grow up with all of this technology assumed. Like the Zenials did not. We didn't grow up assuming this technology, nor consuming all of this content like we do now and like we readily did as we grew up, because it was a shift that happened while we were growing up. We had already been introduced to the, quote, quote, existing and traditional ways of things like having to log off the internet to allow someone to answer the phone, the home phone line. And did I have to do those things for an entire decade or 15 years like some of the like millennials did? No, but the impression was there. Like, I was already actively doing those things. Like, at one point in my life, like, that was the way to do it. There was a period of time where that was all I knew before things started getting introduced almost perfectly aligned with the coming of age of Xennials. So I'm sure people may just think, you know, oh, they just want to be different. But that's probably because at least, like, I know I feel the difference between my direct peers, born at the tail end of the 90s, who can recall the simpler times but grew up as the tech boom happened. I mean, we weren't brought into the world that was already tech obsessed. We were brought up in a world that was becoming tech obsessed. And now we're here and we've been here for a while. And yes, that's been a large part of my life. And like, obviously, I was still super impressionable, like all throughout my teen years, but like, I didn't come into a world that was like how we know it today. Like, I came as as it was changing, and it changed as I grew up. So, really quick, let me know what resonated with you on today's episode over on the podcast Instagram at Don't Quote Me Pod, always linked in the show notes, along with my personal Instagram at Maria Cage. Feel free to connect with me there. If this episode made you want to holler, yell, dance, spasm, show it some love, and share it with someone who you think would like it, or roll their eyes at it It gonna be kind of fun right yeah it's all in good fun I can see how it could be difficult to understand how something as little as five years as I'm suggesting here with this kind of zennial parameter could make that big of a change on society and how kids were brought up but Combine that cognitive development with life lived, days passed, and it becomes easier to understand how much tech changes and all of these things have only come about in the past 20 to 25 years, like essentially when I'm claiming that like our lifespan. And to them, I would also say, I mean, look at what changed from just one year in 2020. Think of everything that changed there. So as much, if not more, could and did change in those five years. But hey don't quote me on it. Thanks for listening, y'all. See you next week.